Welcome everyone to today's daily directional. These are navigational messages that help keep us pointed in the right direction. I'm Pastor Bethany, and I'm a learner, listener, and noticer of God. This podcast is a part of the Storytellers Collective. You can find us online at www.storytellerscollective.org. We believe God's story, as told through the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. We also believe our lives are a story that matters. When we begin to see the very real places where God's story and our stories intersect, we unlock wonder, worship, and a hope that communicates truly good news. Every day, we desire to turn our focus, our faces, our eyes, our hearts toward the God that our souls love. We choose to seek first the kingdom of heaven and believe the promise that our physical and emotional needs will be met by God. Our God is Father, Provider, Deliverer, Friend, Advocate, Anchor, Redeemer, Leader, and Guide. He graciously walks beside us every step of every day. He is our true north, our bright morning star, a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Well, happy Friday to you or whatever day you're choosing to join us. I'm so glad that you're here looking with me to our Father God to find something correct, something good, something true, something pure and noble and beautiful for us to think on and think about, to point ourselves towards as we head into this day. We are still in James chapter 3. And like I mentioned before, we may be here for a while. Camping out. Today I'm going to read our passage, James 3, verses 1 through 12, in the English Standard Version. So get comfortable and take a listen. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. They are so large and are driven by strong winds. They are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? 
Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Well, in so many ways today, friends, I think we need to talk about consistency. We've talked about taking care with our words in several previous episodes, and I also think, if we're honest, that this is a topic we could revisit absolutely daily for quite a long time before the remainder became unhelpful. Because the truth is that God wants us to have control over our speech, and this is very difficult. Words matter, and communication is powerful. And I heard a preacher recently say, most people don't have a words or a mouth problem. They have a thinking problem. Then he quoted the proverb that says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And honestly, this feels like an important piece, an important spin on the issue of taming our tongue. Because the issue that we have with our tongues absolutely includes our hearts and our minds as well. There's something else I hope came to mind when you thought about our hearts, our minds, and our mouths, or our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Jesus said that the most important commandment, that all the law and the prophet hangs on that and another, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I'm hoping that our discussion today helps us to do this better. This particular passage in James is full of warnings. And as we've noticed for the last several days, these warnings mostly come in the form of metaphors. James mentions the bridle and the bit, which steer and guide a horse in the way it should go. Then he mentions ships and their rudders, which a rudder is small and yet it guides. He mentions a small spark that can set off an entire forest fire and the process of taming wild animals. Then he illustrates bad fruit or the idea of inconsistency with the difference between fresh and salt water and the types of fruits expected to come from specific trees or plants. So in quick summary, the tongue has the capacity to lead people astray. It has the capacity to guide large vessels astray and to set massive groups on fire. It is difficult to tame, and what pours out of it often reflects the reality of what lies within us. So although I believe we want to be vines who are attached to Jesus, the vine, to our Father God, we must ask ourselves, am I producing the fruit of the Spirit? The flip side of that question is, or is the fruit of my life something unfortunately other? Which then would indicate that we need to get ourselves reacquainted with, reconnected with, realigned with, abiding fully in that vine. Now, I know that when we ask ourselves such reflective questions, it is easy to feel frustrated, condemned, or defeated. But that's not what James is going for, and that is not the perspective of God, nor the way of the Spirit. God guides and shows and illuminates He gently leads and he absolutely convicts, but it is always with grace and it is seasoned with mercy. Remember, mercy triumphs over judgment. And remember our conversation yesterday, the bit is gentle. So let's take a moment to pause and consider our hearts. You might even want to stop this for a second and then start it again after you've had your prayer time. 
But is your heart tuned to the voice of the Father? And if it is not, what could you do right now to become better attuned? There was a wonderful disciple of Jesus back in the 17th century named Brother Lawrence. In some of his writings, he tells the story of feeling awful and berating himself for allowing his attention to get pulled out of focus and off of God. Slowly, however, he learned over time to seek his goal of oneness with the Spirit and his absolute focus on Jesus without condemnation of himself. He would simply notice his distraction, ask the Lord for forgiveness, and turn his attention and his affection back to God as quickly as possible. And in doing this, he learned to practice God's presence in every place and in every situation. He learned to be gentle with himself. And in doing so, he gave no time and space to evil, to shame or defeat. And all or more and more and more of his time to the Holy Spirit. Now, Brother Lawrence's example came to mind as I listened to yesterday's message from John. It's not the pain of the bit that is the most useful for leading us into maturity. It's not the frustration and the shame of failure that is the most useful for leading us into maturity, but it's actually learning the way of reminder and the gentle guidance of the Holy Spirit that does it. So whether it's by the touch of the rain on our shoulder or a recognition that we've become unfocused again, and we just have this tender reminder to return our full awareness and our love and our focus back to Jesus, I press you as you ask your question about where you are and how centered you're feeling and how focused you are upon God to hear his gentle answer, his merciful call, just to come back, just to be with him. Now, Jesus taught a difficult parable in Luke chapter six, and I really feel like it connects to the end portion of this passage in James. Jesus said, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Now James's words say, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So here's my challenge to you today, friends. Just return to center. Return to the beating of your heart. Return to your first love. Turn your faces, your hearts, your affections back to Jesus and let him fill you. And I know that out of this beautiful overflow, you'll begin to produce the fruit of righteousness that flows with consistency and with grace. And I know that your words will be seasoned with salt. They will be careful. They will be full of what is true and noble and lovely. They will encourage others because those are the words that come from my Father God, from our friend Jesus, and from the guidance of his faithful Holy Spirit. May your hearts increase and be guarded by Jesus himself so that you may speak words of life and not death. Have a wonderful weekend.